Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Harland Podcast with your host, Mark Kennedy. Joined this week by Rory Walsh and Kieran Collins. Lads, how are things? Good, Mark. Yeah, great. Going into the Maybank holiday weekend, plenty to talk about. I suppose in this episode tonight, we'll look at round one of the Munster and Leinster Senior Harland Championship Games. Plenty of talking points there. We'll also look at round three of the Joe McDonough Cup, where we had wins for Offaly and Kerry. And Carlo Unleashed played out a thriller of a draw. And also, if we have time, have a look at the underage competitions in Munster and Leinster. Rory will actually kick off with yourself. You were in Cusick Park, Ennis, to see Clare against Tipperary. A massively high-scoring affair. I suppose your thoughts on that game. Tipperary won by five points. Yeah, um, we said last week that we didn't know where Tip ranked. And to be honest, we still don't really know where Tip ranked because they were handed three goals in a game that, you know, Clare scored 3.23 and lost the game. And they've only themselves to blame. So again, it is hard to see, like, um, they're not going to be giving goals like that every round. Um, one is enough per game, but to give away three like that was just crazy. And I think it, it harps back from a clear point of view to team selection. Like Lohan, I, I, I was last year full of praise for Lohan in Munster Championship for everything, every decision he made seemed to be the right one. Um, even like against Waterford, resting players and keeping the whole momentum going for the team. Everything seemed to be, to be right. And even Munster final, you could say the only thing I suppose in hindsight was the Rory Hayes Flanagan that he didn't switch him sooner off him. But look, at Ireland's final against Kilkenny, I thought he made big mistakes in that game when Conlon was was ruled out for the match. I think, um, you know, there was probably better options than kind of rejigging the whole back line around it. And look, another thing as well here was on Sunday, and I would say um, it was just bizarre, really. Um, not saying anything about foodie, but drop, dropping... Um, Aver Quilligan, because you're going on if you're going on championship form, um, he was getting better and better as the years went on. And last year his puckouts were superb. We spoke about Munster final last year, how Nicky Quaid and Aver Quilligan's puckouts were just like equally as good at either end of the field. And uh, All Star nominee, and then to you know to lose his place because I, I was at the league match with Tim Galway and uh, Clare and Foodie started that game, and I presumed it was just you know as you do during the league give equal time to the goalies. I didn't think he'd be starting in championship. Again, I haven't seen a lot of him to to judge, to be honest. He's only just made the Einikil Lamona team a starting keeper last year. Patrick Kelly was the goalie up until last year. So he's one year um, of championship club experience behind him, starting for Clare. It's just a huge move to make. If Lohan kind of fancied him as a better keeper, which he obviously did, because as far as I know, there was no injury, maybe like, put him in and around further down the line, but not the first round game in Ennis. You know, Cauldron against Tipperary coming. The only team who had previously beaten Clare in Ennis in the round robin. You know, it just seemed a bizarre thing. And um, I know you can say hindsight, hindsight, but um, even if Udi had played well, you'd still be questioning why Quilligan was dropped there. Like, um, I know we don't see, we're not seeing what's going on in training, but I still think championship form is still huge. Come back to last year. You look at John Kiley. And um, despite all the guys who were going well during the league, he went for the guys he knew, you know, in championship have always produced the goods for him. Like, in hindsight, maybe John Kiley might have mixed up a bit more. I don't know. But look, he still sticks with, like, that hardcore 12, 13 players all the time because they've, they've proven record. And I just thought that was bizarre to start with. It was hardly a disciplinary issue uh, internally, Roy, was there? Look, we don't know, but I, I doubt it. I, from what I know of Avery Quilligan, I wouldn't be thinking he'd be, the, uh, you know, the kind to... Um, look, anyone can have disagreements and stuff. Maybe it was that, but then, it, like, you, you'd you'd think he wouldn't be sub goalie. Then I don't know. 
it, it just seems a bit strange decision to start with. As I said, if if he rated uh, Foodie as a better goalie, maybe I think you, you keep your starting position until you, as a goalie, until you do something drastically wrong. Um, last year, Quilligan didn't do anything drastically wrong that, you know. Now, the question for me is, will Lohan go with Quilligan the next day or will he stick to his guns? It's hard to imagine that he will stick to his guns, but it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Absolutely, because, I mean, goals came at regular intervals here. Guys for Tipperary, I suppose, to Jason Fort's sideline cut, really kind of exposing a few kind of goalkeeping issues. But I, I suppose, Roy, getting back to you again as a care man, that second and third goal, really, the distribution out, the poor first touch, really exposing an awful lot of Clare frailties back there. I mean, yeah, the he, mood he in the stadium must have been absolutely depressing as hell after that first 15 20 minutes oh yeah um well especially like the, the second goal was a killer because Claire hit six points in a row and were absolutely flying i know tip had just not knocked one back in the scoreboard they're right back in the game and then to give away a goal in that fashion like whatever about tip scoring a good goal but to give away another goal and he wasn't entirely to blame there it was it was a terrible ball back to him from uh, flanagan that kind of put him under pressure he had to come out um, and meet the ball which meant he was under pressure immediately Claimed he was fouled. It would have been a soft free out. We have seen him given. Would have been a soft free out. The third goal, Dennis, was again. John Cannon had his fingers in the ball, like he, you know, you could say John Cannon should have caught that ball. Now the only thing I'd say is those loopy kind of strikes. If you're a goalkeeper hitting to a guy running, it's it's a lot more. It's you know it's a lower percentage than a guy who's standing by the sideline free, who's a stationary target. Um. Now look, the first goal as well. Look, it, it, you have to say he's at fault there, but um, goalkeepers will tell you like sideline cuts like the, the ball spins differently like they are difficult to deal with but just for me the fact that he wasn't in line behind the flight of the ball if he was behind the flight of the ball he was fine but he wasn't behind the flight of it he he was almost like he was expecting a touch from Cleary or whatever but if it touches how Cleary goes into the net you know at a different angle fair enough I just think as a goalie you have to be behind the flight of the ball and if there's a deflection then you know that's that's bad luck but you have to kind of that he was in the wrong position basically for the first one. Look, it was, and it was a timing of them, as he said, Mark, like, Claire coming back into it, concede a second one, come back into it again, concede the third one very quickly. And um, in fairness to them, they dragged themselves back into it again. Once they start the second half, they're three points behind with a bit of a breeze. And you're thinking, like, right back in it and then to have the penalty and black card again, bad timing. And look, they fought on valiantly and there were some good performances there. Um, Ryan Taylor going forward, troubling them with, with his pace. You know, inside, uh, Rogers like, super goal. First, where he spun, spun a, a... Look, so there was, look, there was a lot to be positive of. Like, scoring 3-23 should win you any Munster Championship game. And you'd have to think that the bizarre goals they conceded were a one-off. But there is a... And it's one thing I've been saying, there is a thing with Clare going back a while where it's almost like we have to outscore. It's like Tottenham back in the day where did uh, Ozzy Ardiles winning it 5-4 or Kevin Keegan 6-5. There is that element to Clare. And that's why I thought last year, Munster final, defensively, we were very good and shut out Limerick a lot. And I thought maybe here where, you know, Lohan has sorted out the defensive issues, but uh, they really came back to... Another thing as well, and, and sorry, I'm harping on a bit now, was the huge space in front of the full back line. And we were talking about um, Adam Hogan there making his debut at 19 years of age. And you put him on Jason Ford, the most experienced superior forward, whatever about that, but having like 40 yards of space in front of them. And Tipperary are the we all know are the best team to exploit space because, um, you know, they're striking us so crisp and it's something you do is you shut the prairie down and you you make your back line, you know, a war, a war zone and a very little space and because they thrived in that space and 
like all the time like Morris so hard like if you're the cornerback and, and you're marking Morris or Ford and the ball is 40 yards of space in front and it's just been played in lovely in front of them it's really difficult to to defend from that position like I, I just thought the setup was wrong there and I know I'm not a fan of sweeper systems but sometimes in a game if if that's if Tip have pulled, pulled out your back line in the space there you have to drop John Conlon to the edge of the D have to bring a midfielder back to mark these are adjustments that like you know, I would have seen that Claire would have to make very quickly, but to leave that space there for so long was, you know, it, it, it turned out to be uh, one of the deciding issues, as well as the goalkeeping errors. Like, that was a massive, uh, you know, uh, tactical mistake. Like, Yeah, sure. Kieran, I'll get you in here from a temporary perspective. I know last week we were kind of saying that this temporary side management would be eager to be competitive straight off the bat. I mean, for Neem Cahill and Michael Bevins, I suppose. If they were going to be given a remit from the Tipperary County Board, I think they've achieved it. First uh, first day out, first championship win. But an awful lot of pleasing factors here for Tipperary. I thought maybe Cahill Barrett's man-marking job was superb. And again, the forward line, as Rory has said, the space, if you're going to create that space inside for a full forward line, adjacent Ford, Jake Morris and Noel McGrath and John McGrath as well, you're going to get destroyed and so approved. I suppose if you're looking back to this time last year, it's like a, a completely different team. You know, you, you can't imagine the the difference in, in 12 months. To, to me, like Kyle Barrett, yeah, he did an amazing job on, on Tony Kelly. But the first question I would have is, you know, was Tony Kelly off a little bit? Because it's, it's so rare that we see Tony Kelly held to the score on one point and didn't have the same influence on the game that he usually would have. But I think up front, you know, Tip were really on fire. Just, I think it's just the intensity that it brought this year, you know, the... Just the, the work rate. Look, all these words that are, are kind of overused every week, but you know they were they were there. Pokeouts, you know, I think a lot of work has gone into these three fact these three things this year. And uh, Liam Cahill teams are kind of associated with goal getters, and you know really did go from on, on Sunday. I suppose one thing for me, you know, Ford, he, he does puts it in every week. You know, he puts in a good performance. But like Jake Morris, great game two four. But I think the the issues in the past we've had with Jake Morris is it's a consistency and you know he needs to do this every day he goes out he hasn't done in the past and I suppose that's one for him this year is if he can build in that game again because uh he was really on fire on Sunday you know the two McGraths you know I thought Noel McGrath was uh excellent like you know three points Groder Connor I think that the two new guys coming in Groder Connor Brian Amara you know just real finds for tip this year just you know I think just a big man with Groder Connor you know two points um, really hard to handle and, and like these young guys are going to get better I think as well something that please Cahill is like one tree coming from the bench you know Sean Ryan coming in only on a couple of seconds really and getting Tip's last goal and I think that was uh, the final sword nail, or nail the coffin for, for for Clare but I think one thing I liked about Clare was they never they never give in they never packed it in like you know they kept fighting and they were fighting all day you know Tip went into a one tree lead one tree to no score and, you know, a couple of minutes later, Claire had a back level, you know, six points in the trot. Ten minutes later, it was three, seven, seven points in favour of Tip. And, you know, Claire played to Claire, they had a back to four point game at half time. And you're thinking, you know, with a bit of a breeze there, the, it, it, you know, they were they were going to kick on. But it was just, I think Rory said it earlier, the goals came at wrong times for Claire. And, but even so, like, they didn't give up. They kept fighting. And I think that goal at the end from, um, from McCarthy, you know, these... The score difference could be crucial come the end of the year. You know, the, the round robin is so, you know, it's we know it's doggy dog week on week, but you know, if you have maybe two teams going in with four points at the end of the, the series and it's coming out of score difference, that that goal could be crucial. You know, we've seen Galway a couple of years ago lose out on, on score difference. So 
I think that I, I would take that as a, a plus for Clare that they, they didn't they didn't give in. They kept the fight on the whole game, and uh, it, it really was the goals that killed them in the end. You know, I think any team that concedes five goals, you know, you're going to be up against it. I think as well, looking into the next day, okay, obviously, Lohan's going to have the question mark over his goalkeeper, but, you know, does he start Rory Hayes instead of Hogan? Because real talented young guy and has shown all the great signs, but, you know, what damage mentally could that do being hauled off after 40-odd minutes? And, you know, I don't think it was all, he wasn't to blame, but I think that's another question mark. Do you put him back in it again next week? It's going to be a long, hard week for Clare, I think. Probably, we mentioned last week, the scheduling of games wasn't going to be in their favour because, you know, win or lose last weekend, they were facing to a tough game this week in Limerick. And I think just the fact they've lost has made it even harder. Absolutely. Rory, we get you in there. I mean, if you said to yourself, even before this game, that Tony Kelly would only be held to one point and he still scored 323. I mean, there's an awful lot of positives there, I think, in the attacking front. And definitely with Aidan McCarthy, the 113, Again, a shining life for Clare. I mean, there's optimism here in terms of the attacking sense here, Rory, surely. Yeah, there is. And David Fitzgerald is back for the Limerick game. I see him slotting in really for Peter Duggan. And Duggan, look, worked hard off the ball. He always gives you everything. But on the ball, he's he's getting hooked now a bit more often. Um, like, compare him to the Duggan of 2018, the pre-Australia uh, Duggan. He, he's not as good on the ball as he used to be. He's just not getting that bit of space he had. Um, has he lost a yard of pace? I think so. Um, but uh, Fitzgerald, you know, is dynamic as we know, extremely athletic hurler, and he'll make a difference as well. Like Aidan McCarthy is a huge boost. He's uh, pace, striking, um, missed a lot as well. Like for his freeze, freeze were an issue again. I think um, now the ones he missed, like there was a lot of freeze clear got that were kind of out by the sideline, <laughs> underneath the stand, and you know they're kind of low percentage ones anyway. But maybe at, at this level, like and you see the likes of TJ Reid, doesn't matter where they are in the pitch, if they're inside the other half, their points like 95% or whatever, but you look, that was another small factor, but yeah, as um, Kieran said, like trying to bounce back for Limerick now, it is a tall order, but like there's one thing that I suppose in, in 2019 when Clare went in and got hammered inside the Gaelic grounds, coming off a Tipperary defeat, I'd say that might be used and spoken about a few times this week, that that is not to happen. And Clare would have got hard from Waterford as well, Clare would say, well, we can battle like David, as we've proved that already. And now, like, there is probably a few more strings to clear his bow up front with McCarthy, Rogers. There is a bit more firepower there, maybe to trouble Limerick, but at the same time, like, it is. Uh, I think in a team, when you ship five goals, like, that that doubt is lingering in your mind if you're a backman going out there. Let's say you're playing half-back or midfield, that you think, like, at any stage, even if you're up three or four points, are we going to ship a goal at the other end? Like, you have to get that confidence back, Um you know, holding Limerick to one goal on Saturday evening is going to give Clare a huge, huge chance in the game, I think. And it'll give them confidence going forward after that as well. Um, look, it's not over for them. Like, if Tipperary go on and beat Cork and Waterford, and Clare beat Cork and Waterford, even if Limerick and Clare go through in third place there, and, you know, things might open up for them. <laughs> it's a lot different to last year when they were coasting after the first two games. They're under pressure now straight away. And we'll just see what they're made of now. I said, like, Gaelic Grounds is is short journey in. Clare people have, uh, often felt... Like for lots of clear, it's closer than Ennis, like six and bridge only ten minutes in there. And so it, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't always feel like an away game. Now it probably will Saturday evening with the Limerick crowd packed in there, but um tough place to go and win. But like we'll see what they're made of now if they can come out and turn this around, uh, give them great confidence afterwards. But yeah, I just feel like that lingering doubt's gonna be there with the back line. Um gonna have to restore confidence there. Um, not just switching with the keeper, like we've still given up goal chances. And as I pointed out, 
he was partially to blame in a couple of them. Like he's put under pressure by his own defence as well. Like if you're a defender and the keeper's after like letting in a soft goal, you don't want you don't want to put him under pressure immediately with a you know a, a pass bouncing in front of him backwards. Like so, small things like that. Look, that has to be tidied up, and I'm sure if Clare are going to work on one thing this week, it'll be just tightening up at the back and that gap's going through and closing that space in front of the full forward line. Because again, uh, Gillan, Flanagan inside are going to um, exploit that like they are. And that, that's what Limerick thrive on as well as creating that space inside. So like that's one thing Clare really have to. And if look, if they have that, it, it, it's only one one or two major things to fix. That I, look, the, who, who knows? Like People didn't see Waterford giving um, Limerick a close game last week. Like Claire have the firepower to it up front. So the, yeah, at the same time, a good start on on Sunday where they don't concede three goals in the first 20 minutes or on Saturday evening. It could be right in there. I suppose we can focus in on Semple Stadium last Sunday. Limerick uh, against Waterford. Waterford's designated home ground for the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. I think we predicted here in this broadcast last week that we felt that Waterford would give this a right go and certainly they did here, Karen. 118 to 19 points is the final score. 14-man Limerick, I suppose. Your thoughts on the game? I think of the two teams, Limerick probably started without blowing Waterford away. They started strong and uh, got into an eight point to three lead, and then the goal came. You know, I think that it, was, it was a big change to the team, like both centre backs and, and two pivotal players for both teams, like Ty Tiburka. You know, she's that guy only for bad luck, he'd have no luck. You know, a third serious injury in, in the space of a couple of years, and I think Declan Hannon going off as well. Big losses to their teams. Like Limerick won eight to three up, and you're thinking, you know, that, the, that Limerick are going to pull away here, but. I think to be fair to to fair to to Waterford, they battled back. Now a lot of the scores came from freeze, but I think it was a result of of Waterford's direct running at Limerick. You know, it caused them all sorts of water. You know, I think that they, they had them under pressure. You know, at times defensively, but you know, I think to be fair to Waterford, they're back into it like four points down a half time from where they were. You know, I think then the the explosive start for the second half from them. You know, three early points, getting it back to a point, and you know, it's game on then. And I think, you know, that point where uh, Gillan's penalty um, was saved and then the chaos that came, out, that came after us, you know, Limerick two points up at that stage and, you know, you're really thinking this is this is game on. But I think, to be fair to Limerick, like, they got four points on the trot after that, you know, to bring the lead back to six. And I think that was huge. That was the that was the point of Limerick holding on to that win was that them few minutes there, the four points, you know, Waterford had the chances. It was documented well all week. But I think, I suppose, Limerick on another day could have had maybe another goal after that. Yeah, I think Dave Reedy ran in the ball. I think he took the wrong option. He should have taken a shot himself. Gillam was quickly swallowed up in, in his two shots. But, you know, I think Waterford, they got a lot right. I, I do think that their, their game plan was to disrupt Limerick and try and stop Limerick and possibly maybe didn't focus as much on, on actually going to win it themselves. I think a lot of their game plan was how to, to stop Limerick in their tracks and, and it did work you know I think if you look at Keelidge you know really really quiet Grow integrity before he was sent off you know he wasn't in the game Kyle Hayes I think our midfield was was completely wiped out apart from Tom Morrissey in the half forward line he was the only probably player that was in I think Peter Case as well I think the two of them guys really stood up on, on, on Sunday but I think to Waterford's tactics then in the second half when they were in the game when Limerick were down to 14 it was just like Ozzy Gleeson was on the field it was this long ball after long ball in on top of them. And I think if Waterford had stuck to the, the game they were playing uh, and ran at Limerick, you know, I think they would have had better better results from it. And I think at the end of the day, it was Waterford shots that, and their wides that, that lost from that game. You know, the 23 shots from play, 
and they scored nine, you know, which is 39% success rate, which is, is, is poor, you know, 13 wides in total. And I think for me, the worrying part would be, you know, outside of, of uh, Bennett, Isaac Gleason and Desi, only two other players scored. It was only a point each. I think it was Barron and, and Gleason got a point apiece. So, you know, outside of the three top guys, you know, there wasn't many selling up. So I think for Waterford, they need to improve in that and they need more players putting their hand up and getting on the scoreboard. But I think, you know, looking back at it from a Limerick point of view, I think this result probably in a way suits Limerick. You know, we did get the win. We did get two points on the board. But I suppose if you're listening in the media week, you know, if you're listening without knowing the result, you'd think it was the opposite. You know, every media outlet is talking up Waterford, you know, how well they did. But, you know, I think they did lose. And Waterford are a team under pressure now. You know, they have to go to Cork, who are fresh. You know, OK, the game might stand to them. I just hope for Waterford's sake that they didn't put too much into this game and it wasn't all about Limerick and to forget that they've other challenges ahead as well because, you know, you're, you're looking at it. If, if Waterford lose this coming weekend, it's uh, a tough ask to come out of Munster. Rory, can we get me in there? Did Limerick get out of jail on Sunday? Yeah, they did. Like, let's not forget as well, it probably should have been 15 v 13 for the last, like, because Flanagan's uh, tackle was a red card challenge, you can't say. Do you know, it, it wasn't like, and it happened in the centre of the pitch as well. And, like, um, I just thought the referee was really poor in the game. It, it just, I, I don't know if, because apparently um, what's been said this week is the ref saw it, ref saw the incident and didn't deem it to be a yellow card record, red card at the time. So uh, I'm just thinking if he's refereeing more games and there's more chance from whoever who it is, if it's a Clareban or Tipman or whatever, whoever it is, and there's more challenges like that, we're going to have serious injuries because uh, frontal shoulder that connects with the head, like it, it's a dangerous tackle. Uh, whether it was slightly late or whatever it is, look, we don't know the motives behind it, but like um, you know, the ref is there to to in one way protect players as well, and that's in any other sport. Like look at rugby, that's that's a red card straight away, and I don't think it should be any different in Harlan and he did miss that and but at the same time as Kieran pointed out when Limerick got the first red card the response was incredible and that's when they won the game in those few minutes when they hit those four points in a row that was the real like that was basically saying to Waterford even though even extra men we're not going to panic we're going to keep going through our process yeah so so that was a big one Um, look Waterford as well that uh, Kieran said as well that the shots selection was really poor at times they ended up like um, with an extra man but shooting from like midfield um, Montgomery take, took a couple of pot shots there that like didn't even get near the post and, like they're kind of bouncing wide and you just kind of think a lot of water for players going home the boss after they're just thinking you know they had doubts about um, decisions they had made during the game because at the end of it the, it the margins were so tight that just a couple of those bad decisions um, hurt them in the end but yeah look we, we spoke as well about uh, will Davey have a game plan he was talking about it in the media for the last couple of years it's one thing having a game plan but having the players buy into it is the main thing you can have all the game plans in the world but if the players don't believe it and you could see the players did believe it because when they went down 1-8 to 3 points they just kept at what they were what they had started with and slowly clawed their way back into it and um, pure disruption as Karen pointed out in your face stuff not letting Limerick settle we did say that last week that that would be the you cannot let Limerick settle and work the ball through the lines, ball to hand. You have to, and they disrupted right from the full back line. Like we spoke about Barry Nash and the impact he had in the league final, but that that was obviously Davy wasn't going to, you know, give Barry Nash the freedom of Thurlis. And um, look, it, it did disrupt things. Same thing, Keen Lynch, playmaker at the other end of the field, completely disrupted as well. Um, I'm sure they were two targets that would have been picked out by Waterford. And again, though, um, they're a defeat is a defeat. 
I think we said last week that Waterford nearly had to kind of win this game to kick them off because it doesn't get easy now. Like they have uh, Cork away. Then like you're looking at um, Clare and Thurless as well. So they have like, as you point out, they've no home game coming up. So they, yeah, it, it's going to be tough for them. Like, and especially with the Burke out now going forward, um, like it, it's it's just a, a hard man to replace for them. And I know he's been injured an, an awful lot for them. So you could say they're almost used to him not playing, but when he's playing, he's such a pivotal player. He's so clever in his position and does that job perfectly. Like probably does it better than any other player in the country. That kind of deep centre back role, and for him to be out, like considering like Davy would have been planning the whole backline around him, um, you know, it's a huge blow for them. But look, championship injuries come. It's about how you react to them and how you respond. Limerick are probably have shown that. They're really good to respond to any major injuries they got. We saw that with Keane Lynch last year. So Watford can't feel sorry for themselves. They've got to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, because the game's come thick and fast. I think you kind of summed it up very well there. I think uh, Waterford's shot selection. I'm just thinking of Stephen Bennett free from close range. I'm thinking of Desi Hutchinson's point effort from about 30 metres out. You know, Young Fitzgerald came on, was very lively. Bad wide there with about five minutes to go. So, I mean, there was opportunities there for Waterford. But uh, I suppose take nothing away from Limerick, 14 men Limerick, you know, did enough. But I suppose have gotten the wake-up call here. And I suppose we can preview round two here, guys. I mean, Limerick, Clare into US Gaelic grounds on Saturday. And we have Cork against Waterford. I suppose, Rory, your thoughts on these two games? Uh, how do you see them going? Limerick, Clare, look, walking out of Cusick Park, I suppose I, I kind of thought, oh, no, like Limerick next week. And... Uh, especially as Kieran said, the 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 close scare they got against Waterford that you can just tell that Kylie and Kinnark would have been unhappy with a lot of things and be putting pressure on the players to get them right. You're just hoping like that uh, Claire will will you know get pick them pick themselves up and go into his Limerick team has been named tonight. Uh, Hegarty has been dropped. Carl O'Neill is on, and usually Limerick go with the team they select as well. Uh, Hannon is back in as well, so we were worried that Hannon would miss out to his injury, but has recovered now. Again, maybe there's a fitness test there involved with that. So look, uh, uh, that's kind of the only change in the team. So again, from a clear point of view, you know exactly who you're facing. Um, you're just look. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I, I, I think Limerick. I, I find it hard to see Clare winning this one, but again, it's Munster Championship. You can root out, and it's all got to do with the start. I think if Clare get a good start and they're in it, just like the Munster final last year. Or they never let Limerick get more than two or three points, keep them in, in arm's length, they're in with a chance. So, yeah, look, I, I'd give them a go there. I've been in the game, but I, like if you're put my head in the block, I'd have to go with Limerick here. Yeah, based on, and I think there's more improvement in, in what Limerick have done. Clare, of course, need to shut up the back line, and they just don't have confidence that we can keep a clean sheet or even keep Limerick to a goal. If we can, we're right in there. Uh, Cork Waterford, I fancy Cork here. A bit like what Kieran think, there was a, just a huge effort thrown in there now by Waterford. Cork, this was Cork's date from all along that they've been looking at and aiming for it. And Pat Ryan, like, knows league. I know they ended up in the league semi-final, but you could tell by the performance out in Nolan Park, they weren't really too pushed about going any further because he knows that it's all about this game here against Waterford, getting the first win on the board. And, you know, Cork are in, in the mix. Yeah, I just think that, uh, like, Cork, with their underage success, it's about time the seniors... I know they were in an Ireland final a couple of years ago, but they haven't been a consistently strong team over the years, up one week, down another week. And that's what Pat Ryan will be looking for, his consistency, especially from some of the players as well. I think that's the reason. The likes of Conor Lahan over the years haven't been fully dependable on what level of performance they'll give. But that's something I'm sure that he'll be looking for this week. Yeah, I actually fancy Cork there. So um, Limerick and Cork are my predictions. Yeah, sure. And I know, Rory, you've alluded to this team news. 
I mean, the one change is Colin O'Neill in for Gerald Hegarty, Nicky Craden goal, Sean Finn, Dan Morrissey, Barry Nash, full back line. Dermot Burns, Declan Hannon, obviously back in, half back in Kyle Hayes. O'Donovan, O'Donovan midfield, O'Neill, Lynch, Tom Morrissey, half forward line, and Aaron Galan, Seamus Flanagan, and Peter Casey. So I suppose, Karen, from that perspective, any, any reaction to that team, Luis? Yeah, I think the one surprise was um, was Declan Hannon there because I think he'd be muted to be out for at least two games. I was sat directly in front of where Hannon was, was stationed first half and he just didn't look right from the off. And I know he was carrying a flu illness the week before. And I wonder if it was related to that because he um, he just didn't, wasn't, didn't look himself and wasn't travelling himself. And we kind of called it early enough that he, he, he didn't look great. And he gave... You know, one ball came in and he put it straight into, I think it was tied to Burka and it just, you know, it wasn't a Declan Hannon like at all. So I think it were, I was kind of in my head planning without him this week, but I think it's very good call for Hegarty. You know, I think we've seen Kylie, he, like, he shows these ruthless streaks from time to time. He did a couple of years ago with Galan. You know, Galan was not uh, performing to his own standards and, you know, okay, it might have only been a half a game in the bench, but, you know, it, it works wonders. And I think it just shows that the senior players that, you know, just because you've had that jersey for the last couple of years doesn't mean it's always going to be worse. And, you know, Colin O'Neill, I think he's had a very good start to this season. Hasn't done anything wrong and uh, at least deserves uh, the, the the starting berth. And I think in turn, we'll, we'll give Hegarty a kick in the arse, you know, to hopefully make him better for the uh, for the year ahead. Yeah, no, I'd be happy enough with that team. Yeah, and your tips for the weekend in Munster? Yeah, I think Limerick and Clare, like I just said earlier, like, even though Limerick won, I think it's been treated as like we've lost. Uh, and I think Kylie will have, and Kilark will have a lot of, you know, they'll have a stick to beat the team with this week. There's a lot of Limerick players, and, and mainly down to Waterford, but, and, and the work rate they brought, but I think a lot of players were completely out of that game. I think, you know, you're hoping that Key Lynch or, you know, Kyle Hayes won't be as quiet or uneffective again. You know, I'm basing that. I'm expecting bigger performances, I think, more so from certain players. I, I think Key Lynch mainly. The one thing I'd like for Limerick is, uh, you know, I think in, in history they haven't um, deployed man markers for like Tony Kelly, but, you know, I think Ed McCarthy adds another side to this clear team this year. And, you know, I think if they're to let these two guys run the field, it, it could be one that might come back to bite them. Maybe at least one of them be marshaled. Which is, you know, obviously I said we haven't done it in the past, but two very good forwards, and I think at least Tony Kelly needs to be marshaled in some way to because I think what he creates is, you know, it, it could spell a disaster for Limerick. I think just based on that, I think Limerick will, you know, they can put everything into this game. They've a no game next week. Uh, they've actually gone to have kind of a two or three week spell off, and uh, I think they'll throw everything at it. And Claire would have their own demons after last weekend, and they'll have question marks. You know, I think. It, a score, you know, a point, maybe two in the difference, but just going to give it to Limerick on that one. I think for the Cork Waterford game, for me, like usually we'd look at a team who's had a game advantage or have a game the previous week, it's, it's an advantage to the team that hasn't played. It'll all depend how Waterford come out of that game, you know, it was a really physical encounter and, you know, a, a one-week turnaround isn't a lot. I think for me, Cork, it, it's so hard to know what Cork team are going to get. I don't think we've seen the full one to fifteen this year, even in the league, it was, you know, Pat Ryan tried so many players. Uh, I do think if Waterford bring that work rate and the, and, you know, that physicality, how will Cork react to it? You know, that's the one question mark I have is, you know, how will Cork deal with that physicality? Like Waterford are as big a side as Limerick are. You know, you look at their half back line, 
the two wing backs like Jack Fagan, Callum Lyons, like monster men, you know. And if Callum Lyon plays the role he played last year, um, making runs up the field, how will Cork deal with this? You know, I think Cork will need Harnady to start. Possibly will need um, Horgan as well. I think for me still there's question marks over Cork. I'm yet to see it this year. I think Waterford, well, it'll all depend how they come out of the game last weekend. But just based on having the game probably more physical side, just going to give it to Waterford. Just because I have so many question marks over Cork yet. Completely agree. I'm going to go a draw between Limerick and Clare. I think there's <laughs> not much motivation between these two sides when they meet. And I think Clare... It's backs against the wall stuff this week. I expect a massive Clare challenge here, uh, Rory. And I think Limerick are not going to really adopt a man marker here, I think, on Tony Kelly for sure. And I think Tony Kelly will prosper. I just think there's a draw here. I think Clare know if they can get something out of this game that will galvanise and launch a platform. And Limerick, I think there is a few questions here, particularly in our half-back line. No passing, no running line. It's foundation. The midfield was completely routed and we had question marks over that half-forward line. So there are questions in that Limerick team as well. I think it's a draw. I think these two were evenly matched last year and I do see the same here again. Um, I think for Cork and Walford, it all really depends on Cork, doesn't it? The unknown enigma, that's Cork. Historically, they've been really slow starters in the championship. And I mean, maybe that's a, a hopeful point for Walford. But how did Walford come out of that Limerick game? I mean, it was a very bruising affair. I'd hedge it to Cork by two or three points, but I would not be at all surprised here if Cork underperformed massively in a first-round game. So I think about uh, with Cork, Mark, you have a question like, did Darrell Fitzgibbon come back in? You know, having very little, you know, into County Hurling on. You know, Robbie O'Flynn obviously coming back from injury as well, but these guys are coming in, you know, no hurling, like, you know, no time on the field. So you know, if these, I think they, they probably will be two guys who would start, but. Just so many question marks. So many question marks at the I think I'd start them. I'd start them. And look, if, if yeah. they run out of gas because due to you know being injured, but I think you go from the very start. You put Robbie O'Flynn in and and, and uh, Fitzgibbon. They're so you know crucial to the way because uh, O'Flynn um, was given a great performance where he got injured in that mm. game. I remember it? Huge. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he was on for man of the match at the, at the time. And uh, look, he, he he's probably one of the most honest of the Cork forwards in terms of his work rate and effort. And maybe, look, him being on the pitch and inspires other lads around him to up, up their effort as well. Yeah, look, uh, as well, you were talking about the man mark for Tony Kelly. Like, I, I can't understand why Limerick don't go man mark because the counties have had success on Kelly. Like, you're thinking of Mikey Butler last year for Kenny. Um, Cahill Barrett the last day. Uh, um, Wexford sure with Shane Rick as well, to be fair. Yeah, it, it, it deployed one. And uh, Kelly has caused so much damage against Limerick. The only game he was really quiet against Limerick was the 2019 game, but... The whole team were quiet that day in the Gaelic grounds. But in all other games, once the championship, he's caused fierce problems for Limerick. Like scoring like huge score, like five, six points from play. Uh, you can't afford to like give up five, six points to play. Because as, as Kieran pointed out, like there is more scores in him as well. Giving him five, six points, you still have Aidan McCarthy there now. And, you know, um, the threat inside the goals too with, with, with Rodgers. And possibly maybe Shane Meehan getting a bit more time. He was injured all league and just came on the last day. Didn't, didn't get much ball inside um, um, but look there are a few options there as well but it's not all about Kelly as he pointed out but at the same time like, I, I can't understand why you wouldn't try in Manmark The only thing I think the difference for Limerick this year is there seems to be more of an emphasis on going for goal you know I think last year Limerick were happy to pop points all, overall day but you know I think you look at um, Flanagan took his goal Hegarty could have had a goal it was saved over you know had Galan taken that penalty it was a completely different game you know we were going in a couple of points five points up and that row might not happen, you know, after that. And I think at the end as well, you know, I think Reedy's just, you know, back on the field after a, a long layoff. You know, I think if he had another 
another goal at that run into goal, he would have taken the shot himself. You know, I think that was the one to take. So there seems to be more of an emphasis on goals. So I think if Limerick can put two or three goals on teams, it just makes it that bit harder for him to, to get to him, I think. And the last thing about last weekend is I read this daft article there about oh how uh, goals have gone out of hurling and it was an absolute <laughs> goal fest. <laughs> Eight goals in Cusick Park. There could have been six goals in Turles. Penalties missed and yeah. lads missing chances six yards out. There was never as many goal chances in games. Oh no, absolutely. No, the hurling championship delivered. Uh, I suppose lads we can get on to Leinster Senior Hurling Championship uh, round one here. I suppose main headlines coming from that. Galway beating Wexford by six points. Kilkenny having far too much against an injury hit Westmead. One by 22 points. And Antrim maybe losing a, a, a glorious opportunity to beat Dublin in Corrigan Park. I suppose, Rory, can we get your reflections on the Leinster round one? What stood out for you? Look, we tipped Antrim up last week and they were within seconds of having a famous victory. More so as well, like because uh, Dublin seemed to have gone backwards Um and it, look, this isn't got to do with management either, and um, just the player turnover they've had, and uh, it was a great opportunity. And I still, though, I would give Antrim a good chance going down to Wexford Park this week. This week as well, they're going to be by by their performance, and they know that there's nothing really between, let's say, Dublin and Wexford. So if they can perform that highly against Dublin. Why can't they back it up one week later? So I, I give them every chance. That's going to be a tight game, I think, down Wexford Park. Uh, we won't even talk too much about the Kenny Westmead. It was just a complete mismatch. Um, does nothing really for for either team, to be honest about it. And we were hoping Westmeath would be competitive and the early signs are that they're going to be, you know, way off it in Leinster. But look, here's hoping they can improve over the next few few rounds that playing these games brings them on a bit. And then, um, of course, brings us to Galway-Wexford. And uh, and that game, like, uh, Evan Island finally stepped up. We spoke about um, where would um, Shefflin find him a position for him because he was trying him in every position in the forward line. So the answer was give him a kind of a free roll. <laughs> Give him every position. So named him going forward. And in fairness to him, he's picked up pockets of space, came on the loop so many times. And in fairness to his teammates, their heads were looking for him each time because he's a, he's an absolute sharpshooter. Like the only worrying thing for Wexford is how many scores did he get where he could actually stand, head time to stand and strike, look and strike, you know, but you can't fault him for that. Like he can only face what's up against him. But uh, yeah, look, um, Galway needed somebody to kind of step up, I suppose. Joe Cannon, big score for years for them. And even off freeze as well, he was superb off freeze. Um, so look, he, he needs to back up that up as well, though. I suppose in the, fa- the past, Galway have had false dawns from lads coming in, shooting the lights out one week and going missing the next week. So he needs to um, follow that up again all the way through the championship. But um, yeah, look, Wexford had every chance here. Like the start they got, if they every chance, but like they just weren't at, at Galway's level. Like as the game went on, just fell away. And that that third quarter was men against boy stuff like I think it was nine points to one and that was uh, in that period and they were just completely blown out of it in that period and to go up to, to Salt Hill and have such a good start and be right in the game but just to fall away so badly um, was really um, worrying for Wexford going forward here can they like can they both look beating Antrim they're kind of back in it again like to be honest like beat Antrim beat Westmead and it's going to be Wexford versus Dublin then so they still have that chance of qualifying they know that like um, Godwin and Kenny are probably going to beat all the other teams in it so yeah, look, they're, they're, they're still in it, but they have to fix things like very quickly because like that was way off what, what's required if you're going to be serious contenders. Yeah, Kieran, like 11 points from 65 minutes, essentially. The last 65 minutes really tells a tale of the tape here, uh, Kieran. I suppose from a Wexford perspective, you're based down on Wexford. What's the reaction been like down on Wexford to that performance? Yeah, I think a lot of people were, were worried going into the game. 
you know, there's been so much talk during the league about personnel and injuries, and you know, I think to from the name team, the, the team that were named, you're thinking, right, okay, we're we're you know we're back to our nearly full strength fifteen. And then the news before throwing that, you know, Lee Chin and, and Damien Reck weren't going to take the field like your captain and vice captain. I think it was a big ask for Connor Foley coming in at six, you know, really inexperienced, like to, you know, and to come in at, you know, five or ten minutes notice uh, was a really big ask. I think the only, the only plus from extra, I suppose, that they held Galway to the Regolis for the game, which if they're going to take it, I thought defensively, Wexford probably did okay. I think Matthew O'Hanlon. Had a really good game. I think it was that spell we already said it there. Like Galway were three behind coming into half time. Between then and into the second half, Galway scored twelve out of thirteen points. You know, and that was the that was the game one at that stage. And I think it was similar in the earlier league game this year. It was a, a it was a level game at, at half time and Galway just came out and blitzed them and you know, I think one by nine, they won pulling up in the league and I think it was similar. You know, you, you probably had to question and and look the weather conditions weren't great, you know, and probably had a factor on, on play as well for Galway. Uh, I think Wexford also had two kind of half goal chances and then the penalty, you know, look, Conor McDonald's, like that's, you know, that, that penalty, that was scandalous, you know, attempted a penalty. I know, like Mark Fanning, usually would be the penalty taker. He's off the panel, a lot of speculation. He walked away, no one knows. But like, you know, you're an intercounty hurler and, experience Conor McDonald has, like, you know, you have to at least make a better effort than that. You know, and if they there were seventeen points two six at that point, you know, if that, that goal goes in, you know, you're right back in the game, you know, and God knows what could happen. I think another disappointment for me is Roy O'Connor uh scoring four five points from freeze, but you know, like in play, like I'd say Roy O'Connor up there with Chin would be Wexford's go to guys like and he needs to do more in play, you know. He's the one. He was supposed to be the main man there, and I think he needs to do more in play. And you know, are they that reliant on Chin? You know, the, maybe Chin brings O'Connor on, but like, you know, you can't be that reliant on one player. I think, you know, yeah, Wexford, but they're going to get a test um, for sure. I think Antrim are probably fielded that one go, and they'll bring a strong game and, and you know probably a strong belief that they have a right chance against Wexford, and, and rightly so. I think, you know, looking at that game, Dublin only took the lead in the 67th minute after a Burke goal, and, you know, I think looking look at Dublin, like they're, again, Donald Burke won nine. But I think one player that really stood up for Dublin, Keane O'Sullivan, coming in with six points, you know. But yeah. apart from that, there's only four other players at one point, and I think that's where Dublin are really lacking. Ronan Hayes back in the field, you know, uh, not scoring, but, you know, did run with the ball and caused Andrew all sorts of trouble. You know, I think Dublin need more up front. Uh, obviously, Keno Sullivan, great to see him standing up, but you, you probably would worry for Dublin. But yeah, I think Antrim have every chance coming down this weekend. Absolutely. And when they saw the turnover right from Galway here, Galway scores 66% of them came from Wexford turnovers during the game. I thought that was a big stat on the day. And I suppose for Dara Egan, it's probably a bit of an alarm bell moment there as well. But I suppose from, let's say, let's say, let's review round two then, guys. I mean, Wexford Antrim. Dublin entertaining Westmead and Parnell Park and Kenny Galway is probably the showstopper round two fixture, I suppose. Uh, Rory, can we get a few predictions from you in those games? Yeah, look, Wexford Antrim, to begin with. I, I think Wexford might scrape scrape over it, but like this is touch and go. Like, just home advantage. They probably, like, have have a better... Like, 
probably have a better performance in him. Like I don't know what the story is with, with Rory O'Connor, Lee Chin, or uh, Rory O'Connor going to be featuring. I think Chin was touch or go for the weekend, and I think maybe the decision was that uh, maybe the Antrim game would be the game to to you know to go for. And I think Damien Rack could be Damien Rack could be back in as well, but yeah. you know there's huge performance needed. Yeah, based on, on them being available, I'd probably give Wexford the nod. Dublin Westmeath, look, Dublin are going to win that one. You're just hoping Westmeath be more competitive. They'll see Dublin as as a better opportunity to, you know, maybe shove it up to them. But yeah, that's going to be Dublin. And then uh, yeah, Kilkenny Galway. They're going to meet again in the Leinster final. <laughs> let's let's not make any doubt about that. So uh, at the same time, you know, it it is setting on a marker, and you will learn a lot about guys uh, from both sides because you know the, you're talking about both sides are going to be right in there like we're talking about top four teams top five teams in the country and so look if you want to test the guy out this is where you find out whether he's made of championship material or not because he won't get anything easy i just think all we're probably like kilkenny maybe with new management are kind of maybe a slow burner and that um they can kind of take their time and wind things up a bit and you know hit hit form as they get towards leinster final and knockout stages i just think god maybe seem to be uh coming off that second-hand perfor- performance the last day, uh, might kind of just get them over the line here. So, yeah, I'm going to go my three, my three are Wexford, Dublin, Galway. Karen? I suppose Dublin, Westmead. I'm sorry for Westmead last weekend. They're kind of, you know, I think there were three or four injuries and, and Killian Doyle being one of them. But, like, four points from play is just not good enough at um, at this level. You know, you'd, you'd have to say Dublin hands down and it might be an opportunity. I don't know. I think if I was Michal Dunham, I'd be resting the likes of Donald Burke, you know, because he's going to be needed in rounds to come. So, yeah, I think uh, Dublin over Westmead. I, when you look at Antrim and Wexford, I think if, if Lee Chin, uh, Damien Reck, Roy O'Connor, if Wexford's uh, main guys are on the field, you know, Antrim, they seem to perform better at home. Obviously, the weather conditions were terrible last weekend in that Dublin game. And look, they're, they're, they're going to get the same weather conditions in Wexford Park because there's always a wind here as well. I just think if, if Leach in and takes to the field that it's a different Wexford team. And I, I yeah, I'd be very surprised if Wexford don't win, so I'm going to give it to Wexford. To Kenny and Galway, you know, you look at Galway, you look at Nyland, as Roy said, like the space he was on, he's not going to get that space in Olin Park. One swallow never made a summer, so I'd be holding my judgment on, on Ireland. Uh, I always have question marks on his involvement from play. But I say a lot of them points were, you know, at his will last weekend. I do think to Kenny, look at Adrian Mullen getting back off in our game, six points from play. Um, TJ back on the field. You know, John Donnelly chipping in with four points. Kenny at home. And it does lay down a marker. But I think it also, you know, you want to make sure that your position is safe early. You know, Kenny, their last game is to Wexford in Wexford Park. And they don't want to go there chasing the results, looking for points. So... I think the both teams would be all out to to secure you know their place in the Leinster final, I suppose really, but secure at least top three. I think it will, it will be you know both teams going hell for leather. I think Galway have had a couple of weeks break, and and that game last weekend, I don't know how, how much they learn from it. Kilkenny at home, and you know we know what we get from Kilkenny. They bring the they bring the work. They bring every every time they take to the field, they just have that attitude. And uh, don't want to be beaten at home. And I think just, I'm going to give it to Kenny. My tips, I suppose, Dublin Westmead, I suppose, if the injuries don't ease up for Westmead, could be a long afternoon for them in Parnell Park. I'd say Dublin by 10 points uh, with Donald Burke to the forefront. Wexford Antrim. 
I feel there's a shock on here, guys. I genuinely do. I think Wexford open play display last weekend fell well short of what's expected in inter-county hurling. And I think Antrim, if they come with the physicality, if they come with the turnover rate that Galway produce, even a 50% turnover rate here, I think they're winning this game. I think uh, Antrim may get something out of this game, guys. I think this might be a draw, to be perfectly fair. And Wexford did show last season here uh, that they dropped points uh, away to Mullingar in Westmead and Westmead were very physical and turnovers there on Wexford players so I think that could be the game to watch I think Kilkenny Galway there could be a bit of shadow boxing going on here and I suppose Kilkenny with Derek Ling in charge I think uh, will go all out so I'd give the marginal bet to Kilkenny by two or three points but I just have a sense that Galway may be holding things back for a Leinster final potentially so yeah with that guys maybe we can go to Joe McDonough Cup round three in the books we have the bye week this weekend suppose the key headlines here were wins for Kerry and Offaly. And there was a thrilling draw in Netwatch Cullen Park in Carlo. It was at that game between Carlo and Leash. And, I mean, Kieran, looking at Leash, Leash controlled the affairs here in this game for long stretches. But, again, there seemed to be a bit of shaky confidence. Looking at Leash for the first time this season, there's just a, a, an underlying confidence issue with Leash not to put away teams and Carlo plugging away after the red card. Uh, got their just results with a late Marty Kavanagh goal to equalise, I suppose, for Leash. They're kind of looking down the barrel here a little bit to qualify for top two here in Joe McDonough. Yeah, at the minute they're in four position in the league after the, the three rounds. But yeah, I think if you look at it, like at one stage in the first half, uh, Leash were six points up. Carlo clawed them back in again. And I think it went out to seven again in the third quarter. You know, and you're thinking... Any team worth their salt, seven points up, that they'd see the game out. And I suppose the, the red card to Fieker Fennell and 52nd minute doesn't help affairs for them. Carlo battled on and uh, the late Kevin a penalty to level the game. And yeah, I think this is one that Leach probably will feel they left behind, you know, local derby. You know, Leach have been Division One hurling for, for the last couple of years. And you'd imagine they'd have gained experience to see off, you know, the Division Two sides, I suppose, that has been. But like to be seven points up, you know, second half, deep in the second half, you know, they should be seen it out. Yeah, it would look fair, fair, fair play to Carlo for 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 battling on and, and getting the 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 late goal. But yeah, I think definitely the lead should be seen after this. Absolutely, I think Stephen Mara particularly. You know, he had a running duel with Marty Cavanagh throughout the game to clean that first half. You know, they're going point per point. They were very proficient on freeze. Ross King as well emerged to form four points. Stephen Bergen. With 1-1, so I mean, a few Leash fans in front of me, I think they were rather disgusted, particularly in that final quarter when numerical advantage, but it was just, you know, that underlying confidence issue, and I think for Cardo, it's a key draw for them, keeps them in touch here, going into key games against Down away in Ballygrand, and also the pivotal game, round five against Offaly in Netwatch Cullen Park, I suppose we can go to Offaly here, a sluggish start, admittedly, I think Johnny Kelly was quick to point that out against Down after 24 minutes, down held a one fight seven point lead over Offaly, but then Offaly went through the gears, led by Owen Cahill and also Kylie as well, with one sixteen collectively. Too much for Down on the day here, Kieran. You know, they did start, I suppose, they weren't at their best, but you know, it's been a long seven or eight weeks for Offaly now, just as you know, going from the league and league final into Joe McDonough. So I think of all the teams in Ireland at the minute, they're they're one that are deserving of a break, but you know, at halftime or just after halftime, with 16 points to 111, you know, with 45th minute. And then Offaly got to 1-3 without reply and uh, six points in a row to see the win out. And 
think the one thing that'll please uh, again, you know, Cahill coming in with one twelve. I think he's he's averaging something like one fifteen a game. So you know, incredible scoring. But they're ten different scores over the game as well. You know, and I think with all respect to down, I think off with the side out in the end, and they they will um, enjoy this week off. I think coming. Yeah, awfully in a great position. I suppose Rory uh, coming to you then in terms of these results and also Kerry uh, heading to Hawkfield Centre of Excellence in Kildare to play Kildare. I suppose Kerry, it was a tough, compromise, uncompromising game. There was a red card here that an awful lot of Kildare fans that I've spoken to on social media weren't happy with. But Kerry getting the win, 117 14 points, a key win for Kerry to keep him in that top two berth. Yeah, and a big thing here as well was we're talking about how Kerry have have strengthened their squad and strengthened depth. Kerry got one four off the bench. Kildare had no scorer coming in off the bench, and look, that's crucial when it comes down. And uh, Jordan Conway, who we mentioned before, seems to be like one of these guys who's a super sub. Doesn't seem to go as well starting, but just give him uh, ten minutes off the bench or fifteen minutes is enough. He came on and scored one two, and the crucial goal, seventieth minute, it was probably in the balance, you know, right until then. So it was a much improved performance by Kildare in terms of how competitive they were right right to the end until that goal more or less look it's it, overall it's been a disappointing campaign for them something that they so much promise earlier in the year look they have uh down to come now you're just hoping that they'll you know finish up with uh get a couple of wins on the board and not end up in this in a relegation scrap Um, down has shown a bit of improvement that's one thing we're kind of hoping for from down's campaign because they were so far off it but um as you pointed out like it gets hung with awfully for uh, you know a lot longer than they had in previous games and the previous matches, and then uh, Leash. Look, it looked a very soft uh, red card for me. Fennels red card it was an innocuous enough challenge. It was a free. It was basically all it was. Um, but at the same time, they they had enough Ireland to see it out, and we can't point back to it, but they still should have seen it out. And um, look, it could be Leash's chances gone. They're relying on favours now elsewhere. Um, relying on awfully beating Carlo in that last game, maybe then getting through and. Um, some sort of a score difference. If they win out, they'll be level on points in with Carlo at the end and trying to sneak into a second place. But they're going to have to beat Kerry. And that's going to be a huge one now because, um, yeah, Kerry still have um, uh, Leash and Offaly to play. So um, it's, it's still in Kerry's hands. like. But uh, they have two wins and a draw as well, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, it's shaping up nicely. And Leash aren't out of it. But, like, that was uh, look, that was throwing away two points there. And gonna have to, they're going to have to battle to stay in it now. Absolutely. I think as well, Mark, when you look at Kildare, like six points from play, you know, from a team that, you know, we all talked about the, the great league they had and they were so close to Division One hurling, but now they're in a genuine battle to keep their drum. I'm going to say this for next year because uh, it's been a quick turnaround in a few weeks, like, you know, to go from from heroes to zero, like in, in, in three weeks, a tough campaign and like facing into leash next game again, you know, it doesn't get any easier. You know, given the bye week, I think Offaly can be very happy with themselves. Three from three, six points, you know, up and away here. And I suppose Kerry as well. But, you know, there's some Titanic games scheduled. I mean, you see Offaly Kerry straight off the bat here. Also, Kerry entertaining Leash in that last game in round five. Carlo Offaly, I mean, that's Titanic. And also Kildare down to decide who goes down from Joe McDonough as well. So I think this competition may have a few more twists and turns before the end of the, the regular season campaign because top two qualify obviously and for the All-Ireland preliminary quarterfinals I suppose guys can we finish up maybe underage Munster Leinster minor under 20s anything catch your eye in the last week maybe Rory start with you first Um, yeah so it's going to come down to uh, Corby and Clare up in Ennis as we pointed out Adam Hogan couldn't play due to the seven day rule Um, so Limerick are playing Cork tomorrow night live in TG Carr 
And um, if Cork win, Clare will go through. If Limerick win, Limerick will go through. So Clare align in a favour. Um, Owen Downey will be able to play for Cork because remember, he's suspended for the senior team. So with the seven-day rule, if he was in um, Pat Ryan's plans, he obviously would have been pulled for the game on Friday night, but probably fortune favours somebody when there's a red card and it, it's favoured the 21 management in this case because they have him available to select because he's a key player for that under-20 side and may turn out to be a keen player for the senior side. He showed promise of the league, although, you know, um, still we have to judge these guys in the heat of championship battle as well. So, yeah, look, it's still a lot to play for there in the minor. It's uh, Cork beat Limerick in the Gaelic ground, so Cork are straight into the final. And it's clear with a home venue against Limerick. Um, so the minor times have been really good. I've gotten, gotten to a few games and standards really good and uh, great to see. Like the, These are f- very entertaining matches. If, just, you know, if you're not on anything on, on a midweek night now with long evens, um, like the, the standard is is top class. Like And uh, players like, uh, it seems like that nerves kind of have gone out the window like before you see nervy performances. I think it's the fact they're so used to playing these games now around Robins. By the time it gets to round even round three like this, the nerves are gone and you're just left with a good product uh, to watch. So yeah, look, um, so it's kind of settled at minor and then at under 20, as we pointed out, that last game tomorrow night is crucial. Also, in fact, I think if Waterford beat Tipperary, that will also put Clare through. So we're lying, <laughs> we're lying in two potential favourites, but remember Waterford now, Patrick Fitzgerald played. So he's their main main target man inside, the belly gunner man, and he is out for their 20s team because of this rule and he'll probably again be featured against Cork in the senior match anyway on Sunday so Kieran anything to call out there from the underage carrying on from the last few years with Cork we, we've known that they're underage success and it's you know it's carrying on again you know both teams in, in the minor and the 20s in the shake-up and uh you know I expect a, a great game tomorrow night between Limerick and Cork and I suppose the only downside for for Limerick is uh you know Adam English picking up an injury in the Tipperary game last week uh they lost out by two points Looking at Leinster, I think Dublin um, beat Leicester tonight to, to reach the semi-final. So, you know, we talked about the Dublin under the 20s, but the minors seem to be going okay again. They're playing Galway, which will be a real tough test. This Galway team looks really good. They're favourites to win out the, the All-Ireland series. And you've got Kenny and Wexford on the other side. I think these both games are both on Monday. So so both four teams uh, fine for the final spot in Leinster. And in the 20s, um, uh, Dublin and Kenny are into the semi-finals they both top their tiers they're waiting awfully play Galway and Westmead play Wexford uh, not sure where these games are fixed for obviously you know for Dublin great to see suppose, both teams in the, in the semi-finals in, in, in both codes so I suppose some good games coming in the next few weeks absolutely no really looking forward to that under 20 game between Limerick and Cork I think there should be plenty of fireworks given the permutations and given what the result may mean to both sides I suppose guys we might leave it there being a lengthy one Thank you to cover. Many thanks, Rory. Many thanks, for, uh, Kieran, uh, for the contributions tonight. I suppose in the next podcast, we'll review the Munster Senior Hurling Championship and also Joe McDonough. Um, enjoy the long weekend, guys, and have a good weekend. Cheers, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.